Hey, welcome to the Impact Church Podcast. It's Father's Day this Sunday, so we're talking about our Heavenly Father. Want to go to Matthew 7, 11, where it says, How much more will your Heavenly Father not give good things, good gifts to those who ask Him? So, come on, let's jump into the Word and learn about how wonderful our Heavenly Father is. I'm going to do a, a little Father's Day sermon for you and bless you. And you know, he's a good, good father, don't you know? He's nuts about you. He's nuts about you. There was a, a guy who uh, was in a little raffle at work, and it was for a kid's toy, and he won. And he's like, man, what am I going to do? I got five kids. <laughs> he said, wow. So he thought on the way home, he said, you know what? I'm just going to bring the kids together and ask them three questions and, and let them decide who should get it, you know? And, and so he brought the kids all together. He says, hey, Dad, got this toy, uh, you know, at work in a raffle, but I want to give it to one of you. But I got three questions. You ready? Which one of you, you know, which one? is most obedient, you know, to mom, and who, who, you know, does whatever she says, and who never talks back to mom? Who is it? And they all looked at each other, then the one chimed up and said, well, that'd be you, dad. That, that, that'd be you. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Father. We're in the not series, and we're doing this not right here. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. You are not an orphan. And the word orphan, it means the word, it's the word fatherless, fatherless, bereft of parents, bereft of parents and comfortless. You're fatherless. I want you to know you are not fatherless. I ask you, go home and just Google consequences of the fatherless. Just check that out and, and thank God that there are people who are blessed and they've raised children, uh, you know, in single parent homes. And, and thank God for the fact that many of them, that we find community and God places us in community. We don't have those results. But the, the consequences of fatherlessness, and they say it's, it's one of the biggest problems in our society today. Psychologists, sociologists, they're all saying fatherlessness has caused incredible difficulty in our world. I, I saw all these statistics. I thought I should put some of them up on the screen, but I, I didn't even want to. I went, oh my God, I'll let you go look at it yourself. But I thank God that we are not fatherless. And I thank God that Jesus promised us we will not be left as orphans. Acts 2.33 says, Being therefore lifted high by and to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promised blessing, the promised blessing. Jesus went so that we could all, every one of us could receive, that we could all be baptized in the Father's blessing. What is the Father's blessing? Which is the Holy Spirit. The blessing of the Father is to smear us, to flood us and saturate us with that third person of the Trinity, Holy Spirit, who's going to come in us and is going to partner with us and is going to bring every benefit and blessing of our Father into expression in our lives. And Jesus did that. Because Jesus shed his blood and died for you and gave himself for you, now the Father is absolutely free because of the finished work of the cross. He is freely able to absolutely, totally bestow upon you the blessing of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit partnering with you, empowering you, enabling you, being with you every single day of your life. And that's the blessing of the Father. You are blessed. He made this outpouring which you now see and hear. This is when Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell. So no one can effectively function without the blessing. And sadly, the fatherless generation feels and walk around like, I have no blessing. I have no confidence. It's been, it's been taken from me. But the word blessed is the word barak, and it means to endue with power for success, prosperity, 
fruitfulness and longevity, to empower, to prosper. You're blessed. Turn to your other neighbor. Say, you're blessed. Shout at the person in front of you. You are blessed. Sadly, the only problem is if you don't understand the blessing, there's a lot of people who don't walk in their inheritance. That was one of Paul's apostolic prayers. I pray that you might know the inheritance into which you've gracefully been brought. I want you to know it because, you know, that it's yours is one thing, but then you got to say, I receive it. I'm going to walk in the revelation of it. I'm going to unpack everything that that means, and I want it to be manifest in my life. Amen. So we got to have a proper revelation and understanding of the Father. This is Roland Warren. He was worked for IBM, was a very, very big executive in many different, like Coca-Cola, a lot of places, was a big-time exec. But he's now the uh, uh, chief executive officer and president and CEO of, of CareNet. But Roland Warren does a lot of ministry. He's actually been on the Oprah Winfrey Network. He's done a lot of teaching. And he talks a lot about, you know, the fact that we need fathers. We need a restoration of good parenting. And here's what he said. He said, kids have a hole in their soul in the shape of their dad. Kids have a hole in their soul in the shape of their dad. And if their father is unwilling or unable to fill that role, it can leave a wound that is not easily healed. It can leave a wound. And there's all, you can even study the father wound. And you got to deal with the father wound. A lot of people have a father wound. You know, none of us have been perfect fathers. None of us had perfect fathers. But thank God he is our heavenly father. And no matter what you may have had one way or another, any disappointment you had, you know, come to the Lord and you can get that father wound absolutely, totally healed. I don't know if you guys can focus in on this or bring it up on the camera, get a little closer with one of the other cameras, but uh, anyway, that's, that's a family portrait right there. It's my family portrait. We actually have this picture. It's really awesome, don't you think? Which one do you think was me? The one in the middle? Who says it's the one in the middle? Who can't see the picture? All right. Yeah, I'm the one in the middle. I was in the middle all the time. I was in the middle. There's my brothers, David, my brothers, John, and there's my mom. My mom had the, um, she went to the Marie Antoinette School of Hairdressing, and uh, I don't know, that was pretty awesome hairdo, but, but my dad, my dad had these, uh, they were like, I don't know what you call them, they were like lamb chops on the side of his face there. They were, what do you call those? They were some serious sideburns, and me as a kid, I was like, I can't wait to grow up and have sideburns like my dad. I just, that was, and, and you know, when they cut my hair, I told them, leave my sideburns, you know, and I, I didn't have any sideburns, so, so I had this weird haircut where I had this long, I looked like a good little Jewish boy, because I had these, these long pieces of hair down here, because I, I thought, could you leave something, so I got sideburns like my dad, so I just thought my dad was like the very, very best, I just thought he was so awesome, so, uh, but you know, my dad, these are, these are two quotes from my dad, they are my favorite quotes of my father, but my dad would, I would call my dad, and I would just lose it about everything going wrong in my world. And my dad would just listen. He wouldn't even say a word. He'd just listen. I wondered sometimes if he went and made a coffee, came back, right, right. And, but all of a sudden, my dad, when I was done with my rant, he would say, everything is going to be all right. And oh, do I miss that call? You know, after my dad died, I actually had a call from him that was on my phone, and I, I didn't erase it for a long, long time. And he also hey, it's your dad. And just, just hearing that is, it's my dad. And I kept it for a long time. There's times I would go to it, I'd just replay it, just say, hey, it's your dad. 
I'll call you back a little later, you know. I just, I loved that. I loved hearing his voice. But you know, the most favorite thing I heard from my dad, he never solved all my problems. He often didn't know how to help me. But, you know, he always finished everything with the, everything's going to be all right. And there's times when, I mean, there's times the last couple of weeks, I got, gee, I'd love to call my dad right now just to rant to somebody and have him say, everything's going to be all right. And another thing my dad Every time he prayed, didn't matter if we were praying for, you know, breakfast at McDonald's or if we were praying for a, a real serious issue, if we were praying for a trip, the car, we're headed on holidays, my dad would stop and he would start every single prayer with our gracious and loving Heavenly Father. And there's times I would mimic him and I would all start with our gracious and loving Heavenly Father. And I used to always do that. But that stuck with me. But you know what? That's the greatest thing my dad did for me is he told me everything's going to be okay. And he said, everything's going to be okay, Carl, because I'm just a stand-in. I'm just honored. As, as Kyle and Claudia said, we, we've been graced with this beautiful gift. And, Father, we're going to manifest this and do our very best. I mean, what a lot of pressure to share that name, Kyle. We call him Father, and, and, and your name's Father, too. And what a lot of pressure, right? You know, I had my... Uh, I had my grandkids yesterday, and uh, I was talking to them, and I said, be good to your daddy, Frankie, because it's tough. It's tough when you share the same name as God. She's like, what? I said, yeah, God's our heavenly father, and your daddy's a father. And I mean, I'm a father. Like, I'm a father. I'm a father to your mommy. And she says, you're as good as God, Papa. (laughs) I said, you're absolutely wrong. So... I said, I'm not even close, and, and, uh, but you know what? The best thing I could do for you, Frankie, is point you to this. You have a heavenly father, and you know what? You have a gracious, loving heavenly father, and because of that, everything's going to be all right, and that's what my dad taught me, you know? Isn't that true? I'll tell you, it's a true story. Yeah. You know, my dad, my dad uh, was a bit of a weird dad. Uh, he uh, loved watching his sons involved in sporting events and anything we did. Because my dad was a preacher in our football games in high school, he would always uh, show up at our games no matter where we were. If you had to travel an hour, my dad was there. No other parents or anything there, but my dad, he would set a part-time. He'd come to all my football games, and he'd be there. And he wasn't just there. He would run up and down the sideline with each play. Get him, Carl, get him! Yeah! And he's, he's running with the game. Get him, get him! It's like, oh, my God, that's embarrassing. I mean, nobody else's parents are here. My dad is here. It's just like, what are you doing? I said, when I have kids, I am not going to be like that. That is just so weird. And my mom, she was, she was just as bad. We were at a, a game in Kingston. My brothers played for the, the junior hockey team, and they were playing in Kingston. And my mom didn't like what one of the refs did, and she actually took off her shoe and threw it on the ice. So... Uh, I was, I was like, Mom, she, I was just, oh, I was so mad I could spit, you know. But, but, I mean, we used to have to separate them, and one would be screaming at one side of the rink and the other, and I was like, Lord, have mercy. You know, what's wrong with those parents? I'm not going to be like that. But then you have kids yourself, and it's just messy, right? And then there I am, you know, watching Cheryl run up and down the sidelines. We literally, we would, she would pick a side of the field and I would go to the other. And I'd sit there with all the other parents and they're watching. Who is that lady? I said, I have no idea. No idea. But she would run back and forth with Dylan. Now at the hockey games, I was, Dylan knows it. He could always hear. I'd go, I'd be whistling as loud as I could. That meant, skate, go faster, go faster. 
And, you know, I, I'd see him start to, you know, a little pep in his stride there. So he could hear that whistle throughout the whole place. But the annoying things we do with our kids, isn't it? You know, the stuff we do. And yet, you know, God is absolutely crazy nuts about you. He loves you so much. He is fully engaged in your life. Every single bit of it, he is totally mad about you. You are an obsession to God. Like I said earlier, be careful of the lies what you see. That used to wig me out. But, you know, here's the truth. What the Sunday school teachers were trying to do is say, you got a father who's looking down in tender love every moment of your life, and he is for you, and he's a good, good father. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Hey, let me move on. John 3, 16, 17 says, For God so greatly loved. He didn't just love, so God greatly. He so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he gave his only begotten son, his unique son, so that whatever or whoever believes. Say whoever. I mean, he did this so, so whoever believes in and trusts and clings to him and relies on him should not perish or come to destruction or be lost, but have eternal, everlasting life. Verse 17, for God did not, he did not, he did not send the Son into the world in order to judge the world or to condemn the world. You are not under condemnation. God does not condemn you. Jesus does not condemn you. That's not what God's about. He didn't come to condemn the world, but he came to save the world. He didn't come to pass sentence on the world, but that the world might find salvation and be made safe and sound through him. God doesn't just love you. He so loves you. He passionately loves you. He's absolutely crazy about you. Ephesians 2, 4, and 5 in the Amplified, it says, But God, so rich is he in his mercy. And because of, and I love this, because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us. See, God has a love for you that has to be satisfied. He's got an ache inside of him for you that has to be satisfied. He is nuts about you. He is crazy about you, and he has to satisfy himself because his love demands that it be fully expressed and fully embraced, and he's absolutely crazy about you. God is not standoffish. I mean, if you had a dad or you experienced being raised where, you know, it was hard. I mean, my, my kids knew that if they wanted to get my attention, they didn't say, Dad. They didn't say, Father. If they really wanted my attention, they said, Pastor Carl. Yeah, yeah. I think they thought, man, you'll pastor everybody, but I mean, I just want a little bit of your attention. Not right now, I'm pastoring. You know, you ever think about God? He's nuts about you. God who handles everything, cares about everything. He's always absolutely available. He's fully engaged. He's nuts about you more than you could ever dream or imagine. I don't even have the ability to share with you, even as the Apostle Paul did. God has a need to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us, even when we're dead and slain. See, some people think, well, we we're sinners. He didn't like us then, did he? He's always loved you. You've never lived an unloved moment. That's the lie of religion that says, you know, when you're disobedient, God doesn't give a rip about you. He especially cares about you. I mean, while you were messed up, dead, slain by your own shortcomings and trespasses, he made us alive together in fellowship and union with Christ. He gave us the very life of Christ himself. Can you say gave us? He didn't give us the opportunity to earn it. He gave us. He gave us the very life of Christ himself, the same new life with which he quickened him, for it is by grace, his favor and mercy. You never did deserve it, but it's by his grace that you were saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation. Can I get a hallelujah, Keith? Thank you, brother. I praise God. Amen. 
All right, this is a great verse. Isn't this a great verse? I love this verse. I really sometimes I don't, but 7-11, Matthew 7-11. If you then being evil, wow, Jesus, throw me a bone. I mean, come on. I mean, Jesus, if you then being evil. I mean, you know, every once in a while you guys get it right. You do something right with your families. It is good. But I mean, even you guys being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. Wowzers. But don't you love this phrase? How much more? How much? You know, the best of us, the very best of fathers, which I'm, you know, won't put myself on a scale, but uh, the very, very best of us as fathers. I mean, we fall short. We lose it. But every once in a while, we get it right. Every once in a while. But, but it says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Have you asked him today? Have you gone to your heavenly father today, not groveling, saying, I'm sorry, I'm not doing very well, I'm sorry, did you see what happened last night? I know. Like, why do you frame your relationship with him in your, in your shame and your disappointment? Why do you do that? Why don't you always frame your relationship with him from how he sees you? Like the songs we sang today, they were amazing. I mean, I'm not, I'm leaving shame at the door. I'm, I'm not, it's not welcome anymore. I mean, leave your past, all your nonsense behind. The Father loves you. That's the only thing that should identify you and define who you are is I am a child of God. Yes, I am. Like, we don't sing them because they're nice songs. We sing them because there's doctrine in there that will stick in your head. You might even sing it over yourself in your worst moment. You know what you need in your worst moment, in your biggest failure, in your biggest breakdown? You know what you need to confess right then? I'm a child of God. That's when faith comes in. That's when faith rises up and says, I'm not defined even by my failure. I'm defined by what he believes and thinks about me. Amen. There's three, four, five, six happy people in the room. How much more will your father give good gifts to those who ask him? Ask him. So let's do just a couple of how much more, all right? Because, I mean, not picking on anybody. I'm picking on myself. I mean, this is Jesus. You evil fathers get it right every once in a while. That's horrible stuff. <laughs> you know? but, but let's look at the how much more. How much more happy? But, you know, how much more happy is your heavenly father? I mean, you never, you never get to go to grumpy pants. You never get to go, wait a minute. I'm trying to deal with the heart of Mr. Putin. Wait, stop. Carl, you're not important right now. Hang on. I have to deal with world leaders. World leaders, I hold their hearts in my hands. I haven't got time to deal with your little issues. But Father, Father, he's always available to you. Even though he's the great big God who takes care of everything in the world. He holds everything. His, his word sustains everything going on. He always absolutely, totally has time for you. And he's ready to lavish you with his kindness and his blessing. How much more happy is your God? He's never in a bad mood. Mark 10 says, but when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased. You see, the moms are bringing their kids to see Jesus. And I've seen this in India. When I'm in India, the people are pressing forward. Please bless my child. My kid's having a test today. Bless him. They believe the man of God had the ability just by one touch to improve their life. Just one touch, there was a transference of an anointing that would cause a breakthrough in that child. And they would come to the meetings and they would push forward their children. And you could be hours trying to leave a meeting in India because everybody wants you to touch their son. 
And so I never had a concept of some of the things in the Bible till I was there. And here's Jesus, and everybody's bringing their children, please bless my child, please bless my child, because they understood the blessing is really what makes the difference. It's the blessing that really changes your world. And because they knew that and they really believed that, if Jesus is who he said he is, we need him to impart to our children. And so they're desperately trying to get their kids to Jesus, and the disciples were, get these children out of here. You, woman, get these children out of here. You bring in five kids you move on get out of my way and it says Jesus was greatly displeased in fact the kind of anger used here is the worst word for anger you can find in the Greek language he was off the chart livid with his disciples for pushing away the children he said what do you think they're not important in the scheme of what I'm doing you think the kids are all right you're not important this is Jesus he's the son of God he doesn't have time for you little rotten runts no, Jesus is like, this is what it's all about. You know, that's why sometimes I think we should invest everything in training our children while I tell little stories and babysit you down here. But what we should really care about is the kids. I mean, children's ministry shouldn't be some add-on. Let's, let's put a little video on and entertain the kids while the adults are having glory seasons. Are you kidding me? That's what's important. And Jesus said, let the children come to me and do not forbid them for of such is the kingdom of God. And he took them up in his arms and he touched them and he gave them eye contact and he pulled them to himself and he blessed them. And that's what every child needs. It needs to be pulled up, needs to be touched, needs to have affirming things said to them, needs to have eye-to-eye, face-to-face, real genuine contact. They need to be blessed. And our God, how much more happy is our God than any grumpy manifestation we've ever had. Can I get an amen? How much more ready is God and available? I mean, I can't tell you how many times I'd be so busy preparing a sermon, the kids are knocking on, not now I'm preparing to preach God's word. I'm doing holy business in here. But daddy, but daddy. How much more ready and available to care for you you see, I'm not fatherless. You're not fatherless. We have a wonderful father. How much more ready is he available to care for you? He is never too engaged to not be there for you. Matthew 10, 29 and 31. I love this. You can buy two sparrows for only a copper coin, and yet not even one sparrow falls from a nest without the knowledge of your father. So he's not just dealing with Putin and, and, and China. He's not just got his eyes on all the affairs of the world and all those things. He's not just totally engaged with everything that's going on in the world, you know, dealing with the, the enemy, the devil, and, you know, pushing back and all these things going on. All of that is going on. But while all of that is going on, if a sparrow falls, he knows it. He's so totally engaged with that. He says, I know all the hairs on your head, they're numbered. Well, that's creepy. But he knows he is so involved and ready and engaging life. He says, more to God, are you not worth more to God than a sparrow? Don't you, don't you worry, for your father cares deeply about even the smallest detail of your life. Just a minute. I don't want to wreck your world. Can I get your attention for a minute? The father cares deeply about even the smallest detail of your life. Wow. Jesus, Jesus said that. The one who really fully manifests the Father. You know what the Heavenly Father thinks about you? He's nuts about you. And every single tiny detail of your life, he's engaged. 
he's involved and he's ready to be a part of your world. Isn't that great? I mean, how much more happy is our father? How much more ready is he? How much more personal is he? I mean, I love this. It's Jesus said, every day my father is working. When he taught them to pray, he says, here's how you talk to almighty God, our father. I mean, I think it's a massive challenge that I'm called father. I had several people that are saying, happy Father's Day, Pastor. I'm like, wow. I share a title with the first person that God had, Father. And I know Jesus said, you being evil, sometimes you get it right. But you know the Heavenly Father always gets it right. And I just love that. But, you know, he is incredibly personal with us. I love that Jesus pulled the kids, gave them eye to eye. He touched them. He blessed them. And he's incredibly personal with you. Why would you ever think that somebody else has better access to him than you? Why would you ever think that you don't have front row full attention? Like you're not standing in some great big line and, and someday he'll touch me. He is intimate with you right now. He is able to connect with you completely while he, oh, there's another sparrow. But he's still completely engaged with you and he's completely intimate with you. How much more wonderful is our Heavenly Father. Do you know how hard it is? I just threw this in for fun. Are you ready? Do you know how hard it is to be a 14-year-old in 2021? Do you know how hard it is to be a 14-year-old in 2021? I put that question there because I have no idea. I have no idea. I can't imagine what it would be to be 14 years old today. I think of Brooklyn. She just showed me a picture of her graduation gown. And I said, who's the person in the picture? She said, well, that's me. I went, no, the, in the picture. She said, that's me. I'm like, that's not you, Brooklyn. How did that happen? I remember visiting the hospital with your mom when, when you were born. And where did this kid come from? And I don't know. She had to have a graduation. It was distanced and all that stuff. And she just went through grade eight and still had the same bullying, crazy nonsense. They can still do it online. But I don't even know how hard it is to be a 14-year-old in 2021. I don't even know how hard it is to be a 40-year-old in 2021. All I know is, man, it's been a weird year, has it not? But you know what? God knows. God knows. God knows how hard it is. God knows whatever you're going through. God knows whatever the difficulty is. And, and us even raising our children, you know, God knows. God knows what's going on. He knows how to help us to, to communicate. I, I don't like using Father's Day to beat up fathers because if any father should get a licking, it might be me. So I, I don't think Father's Day should be days to challenge fathers. You could be a lot better. Who doesn't know? That's the truth. But you know, what I do know is that we have a heavenly father, and he's right on all the time, and he's the very best all the time. And I do know that he's very personal and that he'll even help me be better at everything I do if I'll pay attention. And if I'll understand what's really important, can I get an amen? John 4.10. John, 1 John 4.10. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Isn't that great? Real love isn't that we're loving God. Real love is he loves us. And I love that he loves us, don't you? And he is nuts about us. He's crazy about us. I wrote this down. I was doing some notes on Friday, just sitting out in that room over there. And on Friday, all hell broke loose in this neighborhood. It was just weird. I mean, we had people dropping stuff in the parking lot. We had tents discarded on the parking lot. I went out and took a, a big bag, and I shoved the tent inside. Somebody just discarded it. While I was pushing it inside, I realized I don't have any gloves on or any protection. And I'm shoving this tent inside a bag to throw it out. And all of a sudden, I realized... I just put my hand in a puddle of urine. I'm just pushing this tent in this bag. And then we had a, a 
naked lady in behind the bushes over here had a rope around her neck trying to kill herself. And the guy beside her in a leotards and a tutu with makeup on, and he had a needle sticking out of his arm. And they're screaming at each other. And it's like, oh, God. And, you know, I, I just put these notes together. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And he came as a sacrifice to take away our sins. And, and, and I'm doing that. And I'm like, oh, God, you're really speaking to me. And then I went, you know, right after that, it says, dear friend, since God loved us that much, we ought to love one another. I just went, oh, man, that is so good, Lord. I love that. I can't wait to preach this to everybody. And then we got banging and screaming and people carrying on. And, and I just typed this out. God, this is what God said to me. He said, would you help me to share my love with the fatherless and the broken? Love is messy. And I'm like, oh, God, I can't wait to share this with everybody. Because, you know, you have so loved us as our Heavenly Father, but you've done it, and you've poured it into us so that we can love others. Oh, God, thank you for your gift of love so we can love others. Then I'm out in the parking lot shoving urine-filled tents into bags. I'm, I'm shouting at people, going, what's the matter with you? The guy threw the tent on the parking lot. I go, why would you do that? Why, why would you throw this tent here and leave stuff laying around? What's wrong with you? And then I get some other girl running down the road cursing at me, going, ah, ah, ah. I'm like, why don't you join the human race? And then just going on. And then, then you get these people losing the other side. And I'm like, God, what is going on in the city of London? This is just crazy town. And then all of a sudden, would you help me to share my love with the fatherless and the broken? Love is messy. And I went, oh. Wow. I said, but that's too messy. Somebody's created that problem. I mean, I'm calling the city alderman. I'm calling our counselor. We're, we're ranting at, at people. I mean, we had the police over. We had every agency that is in the city of London to help and care for people. And I'm just saying, what's the matter with you people? Don't you see the mess around here? My tax dollars are going to this nonsense. What's wrong with our city setting up policies that have created this nightmare? I'm sick of this. And then all of a sudden, God, would you help me to share my love with the fatherless and the broken? Love is messy. I literally had already typed this out when all of that started to go on. You know, you can have something in your head. You can have something that you think would be good to share with somebody else. People need to know this. But here we are. So we get a couple of bottles of water. Tell the gal, don't hurt yourself. Hey, let's help you get some clothes on. How can we help you? And the guy with the needle dangling out of his arm. Can we get you a couple of bottles of water? Sure. Your, your tutu's not quite all the way up. It's messy. Love is messy. But you know, our father came into our mess. Our father walked into my mess. And I might think everybody else is messy. I mean, how much messy is messy? You know, we think we got it together. You can God stepped into our mess. And he's a gracious and a loving heavenly father. And I had to share with them the love of my father. It's hard to get people when they're so doped up they can barely think straight. But given the message from my father, you know what? Everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. And I thank God that we as a church are doing stuff like that, that we're baking cookies for the homeless, that we're taking water to people, that we're doing so many things for people. Psalm 68, 5 to 6. He's a father to the fatherless. He's a defender of the widows. Is God in his holy habitation. God sets the solitary in families. Now hope does not disappoint us because the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who he has given to us. We are not orphans. See the amazing thing is is that 
that love that he poured into our hearts, it's so that we can answer that question, what are we going to do about the pain that's all around us? What are we going to do that the hurts all around us? I want you to get your father wound healed so that you're not constantly trying to be better. You're not constantly trying to be, I need help from my traumas and all this. We need to get well. We need to realize that we are complete in Christ and totally free because there's a lot of broken people who need the love of God that's been poured into us to get out of us and touch people. People need to know that God really, really loves you. And I cannot believe the level of weird religion that even people in the street have. They have a concept of God that is so broken, and they don't even know that God really, really loves them. And you know what? You can leave shame at the door. It ain't welcome anymore. The Father loves you, and the Father loves you, and the Father loves you. Hey, come on. Why don't you stand up with me? It's been nice to have people in the room. You have no idea. It's been good. Had to have my wife wave at me because she said, you're going a little long, Pastor. Well, let's pray. Everybody pray. We're just praying. Father, we're praying. Father, I thank you for the way you've loved me. I thank you for the way you've... You're just such a good God. You know, I mean, it's, it's, you don't... Love never holds a record of wrongs. And this is real love. Not that I loved you, but that you loved me. I mean, while we were yet sinners, you died for us. You gave everything for us. You're trying to satisfy your intense, great love because you're just crazy about us. Father, I want every person in this room to know that they're loved. I want them to know that. And listen, if you're here right now and you've never understood how much he loves you, and you've never understood that, you know, he's not come to judge you, he's come to save you, and he's nuts about you. Everything necessary for you to be a child of God, God did it. You've just got to receive it. Sin, he dealt with sin so that he could absolutely, totally, radically bless your life. And, you know, if you've never said, I'm a child of God, if you don't know what it is to say, I receive you, Lord, as my Savior. I receive restoration to my Heavenly Father. If you've never done that and don't know what that's about, I'd just like to pray for you today really simply. But for me to pray for you, would you do this? I just need you to put your hand up. And I'm going to count to three. I'm going to go one, two, three. And if you're saying, I want to embrace that. I want today to be reconciled to my Heavenly Father. If that's you, when I count to three, just put your hand up so I can see it. Are you ready? One, two, three. Just put your hand up really high so I can see it. Really high. Really high. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Wow. We're all going to pray. So if you put your hand up, you pray this prayer with me and we're all going to pray. All right? Everybody's going to lift up their voice, but you lift up your voice and say this. Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for delivering me from my sin. I receive you right now as my Lord and as my Savior. I declare I am forgiven. I am healed. And I am free. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for coming into my life. Holy Spirit, testify with my spirit right now that I am a child of God. Amen. That's so good. You put your hand up, somebody might pop over. We don't want you just to make a decision. We want you to know what it is to follow up on that and do more. We're not asking you to join the church or anything. We just want you to know that what you decided to do right there, there's amazing benefits. There's a great inheritance, and it's rich and wonderful. If you did that online, you can fill out a card online, and you can fill out that card, send it to us, and we can correspond with you. We can send you things in the mail just to help you unpack this beautiful life that you've been invited into. But we love you deeply. I'm going to pray for you and bless you. 
There is an opportunity online. You can go to a, a, a virtual lobby online and connect with people. If you need prayer online, you can get prayer online too. There's prayer rooms if you need prayer. Today, there's yellow lines right up here at the front. And if you need prayer, you can come to a yellow line and there'll be two people there ready to pray for you today. So you don't have to leave today without a need that, that isn't prayed for and prayed about. So if that's you, you can have prayer today as well. All right, are you ready? Are you ready? Heavenly Father, we just radically want to embrace the full expression of your deep love for us. I want to unburden you. I want you to be satisfied in the expression of your love. I'm willing to say, lavish your love on me, Papa, because you're such a good, good God. We love you so much. I just command your richest blessing now in this house. I command that the revelation of the Father's love would be clear, that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ would be empowering, and that the personal fellowship of the Holy Spirit would guide and lead each and every one of us. For your honor and for your glory, in Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Go out that door over there. And just take your time as you walk out. Give each other a bit of room, a bit of space. If you need prayer, stay behind. And there is room for you to be prayed for today. Love you bunches. Love you bunches. Come on on Wednesday night if you want. We're going to have a prayer concert again like last week. It was so good. I'll give you more news and uh, some feedback about what's happening with our transition in our building. But God bless you guys. Enjoy. Go out. Get some cleanser for your hands and have a great day. And do know this, that COVID is cursed. It's gone, and full buildings, full of wonderful people worshiping Jesus is on the way. Amen. <laughs>